everyone. Welcome to the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining us for our first live-streamed episode on Twitch. Make sure that you do follow our social media pages uh, so you can stay up-to-date with everything we are doing. We are on Instagram, reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast, or you can find us on Facebook by searching the Reality Check. Uh, you can follow my personal Twitter, at Legion Cage, L-E-G-I-O-N-A-A-J-E. The Re- uh, Reality Check Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by our friends Dragon Lily and Skeledud. Dragon Lily can be found on Twitch by going to www.twitch.tv slash dragonlily21. And Skeledud can be found by going to www.twitch.tv slash Skeledud on Twitch as well. Man, I, my interest sucks. <laughs> but give them a follow and hit the notification button so you know when they go live. Like right now live and i messed that all up thankfully this week is not only hear my voice you will hear the return of jansen how are you doing today buddy i am doing much better than thatcher so <laughs> yeah well see and, and we'll get back to that in a little bit but he won his match he doesn't have any teeth anymore but he won his match yeah <clears throat> so um, like I said, we'll definitely get back to that, but definitely have to give you some grief about forgetting about me last week. Thanks for sleeping in through the show. I appreciate it. I really do. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Uh, as our, as our friends on Twitch are seeing here, um, definitely the first topic today was just giving you grief because you, you abandoned me last week. Yeah. Um, I slept and was like, I woke up. And then I got your text, and I said, crap, yeah, I was supposed to do that this morning. So I set, like, three <laughs> alarms this morning, even though I was up to, like, three o'clock in the morning playing Minecraft Dungeons. You said you beat that the other day. Uh, it's like Diablo. You have multiple difficulties, so you, you don't actually beat the game. You just keep going. So even if, even if you beat the game, you never truly beat the game? Kind of. I mean... Like, cause it, it, like, it keeps getting, like, progressively harder, and, like, the mobs get, like, more powerful, and then there's better loot, just like Diablo. Nice. Awesome. Now that's good. Still gonna give you grief, probably throughout the entire show. It's okay. We, we appreciate you showing up this week. Uh, we also appreciate Skeledud for, uh, hosting, uh, for us today. Um, so, the reality check on two different streams now. But you can also listen to the show afterwards if you didn't already listen to it live, because it will be up on your favorite podcast app soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did my part, and my, my in-laws might be listening, so, hey, Dave and Peggy. Shout out to the in-laws. There you go. Yeah, all right. Enough of that for the moment. Uh, again, I'll get back to giving Jansen more grief later on. But let's go ahead and get into our first topic, which was uh, AEW had their um, current ah, anniversary of their first like real pay-per-view with Double or Nothing uh, th- over this past weekend. Um, I know you watched the entire show um, pretty good, top to bottom. Yes. Um, I mean, there really was not... There was not 
aside from I'm looking at the list right now. Um, I would say that the only down spot during this entire thing was Dustin and Sean, Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears. Like, I mean, top that, to bottom, that match didn't li- that match didn't deliver. I figured it would have, honestly. No, because it was more of a comedic match, and I felt bad for Sean Spears because he's he came into AEW as this, um, kind of like more of a, I don't know, you know, he's he's more real, like he's not as much of a joke, not playing to the gimmick of the perfect ten and all of that stuff, and so he comes out just to give everybody a quick recap of it. Spears comes out. He says, Dustin's not here. He pulls the whole, like, playing the Jumbotron entrance theme and all that. And Dustin doesn't show up. And Sean Spears is still talking and talking and talking. And then, and he's like, count the, count the, count him out, ref. And she's like, he's not here. This isn't a match. And he's like, do your job. And then Dustin just ends up showing up and then just trounces him. And basically, like, because he Spears showed up in the ring in a suit, and uh, and like wasn't ready to to wrestle at all. So basically, Dustin ends up stripping him down to his Tully Blanchard uh, boxers, and it it was just it was it, I don't know it was dumb like. I, I, I don't know if it was just a filler thing. I mean, it only lasted, like, th- according to Wikipedia, it only lasted, like, three minutes. So, I mean, if you only have three minutes of downtime during the entire pay-per-view, I think you're doing all right. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that sucks to hear, because, like I said, I figured that match would have definitely delivered. Um, and I was curious about the three-minute runtime because uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia as well. Figured maybe it was one of those things where, like, they just kind of went in and went real hard well, at it. And... What I think, and this is purely speculation to anyone listening, is I think that initially they wanted to run a thing where Spears calls out Dustin and Sting showed up. Because Sting is very much a free agent right now. He's not under any contract. And I don't know if AEW just wasn't able to get him or what the case was there. But, you know, because, I mean, it's completely possible that that would have been his spot, you know? Like, instead of Dustin showing up, actually showing up and doing this, I don't know. That was my speculation, because I'm sitting there the entire time going, this feels like like Sting could show up here, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm torn on the idea of Sting going to AEW uh, because you know when WCW folded, it was very much in the camp of I'm not going to WWE, I'm not going to WWE, you know, and he did his thing with uh, TNA there for a long while. <clears> that TNA. But TNA used him properly, and yeah. WWE never did. Like well, I, 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 I'm going to say that right now. WWE absolutely botched. They botched thing. They did, and and like you know, I I take a knock at Seth Rollins for that, but 
it wasn't really his fault. Um, you know, that Sting got injured during the match. And Sting was already buried prior to that point in WWE anyways because of the fact that he lost to Triple H during the oh. WrestleMania match. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, there was just too much that they did. I mean, like, I and I, I like that Sting was humble enough to be like, yeah, sure, let's put this over. But, you know, like, I mean, that, that whole WrestleMania match, while it was very entertaining with Triple H, was... Like, it was just Vince giving a big old middle finger to Ted Turner. Like... Yeah, well, because, you know, yeah, Sting was their franchise player. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the one that would never jump ship, quote-unquote. Yeah. Even, even after all their other guys started jumping ship with, like, uh, the, the Big Show jumping and Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and He Who Shall Not Be Named. And, yeah. Uh, you know all that all that kind of stuff um jumping I mean, ship even even when the contracts were all bought out he, he took the option to to walk away when i'm sure that they were like yeah no we want you <laughs> i see my in my mind and and i know that this storyline has been played out too much but i still feel like there is like in in this business, for whatever reason, it works so much better when you have a, an authority figure. And AEW is very much an inmates run the asylum sort of place. And I know that they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, you, you're bringing in all of these <clears throat> legends like Arne Anderson and Jake Roberts um, to to kind of highlight and to bring up the next generation and kind of make them better, which is good. I mean, even uh-huh. Taz, um, which we can get to in a second, but, um, but like, you know, if they had like a definitive authority figure, like everybody keeps talking, well, Tony, 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 well, Tony Khan doesn't really show up on any of the AEW Product. I think they've only shown him on screen like maybe once or twice. I, I know, and that's but that's what I'm saying is, like, given how things go, if they had like Tony Khan come out and he says, "This has gone on for far too long. You guys are constantly thinking, you know, this is how this is going. I need somebody that is impartial, that is going to call things down, the, you know, right down the line, and that has the power to be able to back it up." Um, I'm, you know, and I'm instilling this person as the whatever president, whatever you want to call it, of AEW, and yeah. put in Sting, you know, have him carry around a baseball bat, you know, great you equalizer. Know. Uh, Even know, if it is only an on-screen yeah. authority figure, I mean, you to your point. You are absolutely correct, and that was one of the things that uh, is kind of the downfall of WCW. If you Monday Night War, um, back from WWE. Now, of course, it's the WWE side of everything, but Bischoff straight said at a certain point, inmates were running the asylum, and you know, and that was just because they were they were overpaid. Um, they had big heads. They were pretty much doing whatever they wanted in and out of the ring. Um, 
people were getting in trouble, all that kind of stuff. Now you don't have quite that same level there in AEW, but at the same time, you almost have more if that makes sense because storylines are being like they don't have writers. The storylines are being written by the wrestlers and they're being pitched to the EVP, which are the Bucks, Cody, and Omega, uh, Kenny Omega. And like, which I, I'm not gonna lie, I mean, like, there's they've had some really decent stuff coming out of all this. Like, I mean, but again, like, just having that piece where the heels can feel like they're slighted because they're being, you know, treated some sort of way, and then the faces can be the same way. Like, if, like, that person is, you know, being, like, a little bit too heel at times or a little bit too face at times, you know, whatever. I, I feel like it would. I think it could benefit, give a little bit more direction to stuff. Um, because I mean, like Brody Lee, like so, uh, for Double or Nothing, um, Brody Lee <clears throat> heading into it basically just goes out there, um, has his Dark Order minions beat up John Moxley, and he just takes the AEW Championship, just takes it, and held it for like two weeks and John Moxley couldn't get it so like obviously John Moxley was a champion but Brody Lee was holding on to the championship they've like, never used that angle before no but I mean like you know they it there is a level of something there that they could be they could have a little bit of an authority figure I mean I don't want to see it played out I don't want like another Vince McMahon or <laughs> Whatever, you know, but something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, going back to the actual double or nothing. So, um, I have one major beef from everything that I saw coming out of double or nothing. Okay. And, and I, I want to cover that uh, first, just simply because it was about the pre-show match. The pre-show match had the best friends defeating Private Party to determine yep. the number one contender for the tag team championship. And why the F on Dynamite their number one contender match take for a title shot for next week? And it was um, SCU versus who did they face? Uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. So why did the best friends win this tag team match to become the number one contenders only for Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian to win a random match on Wednesday for a title shot next week? Um, the hell? I see. I thought the exact same thing. And as I'm watching Dynamite and I, I saw that come across screen, I'm like, Rob is going to be pissed. Like, um, my only thing from this is that it may be a thing where best friends are number one contenders, regardless. Okay. But like, but again, like that doesn't make much sense because what if you know? I mean, and that that might be something that comes up if they continue to do stuff like this. 
Um, and maybe like, like having that number one contender, like they have, they can have a shot at like fighter fest, you know, like a bigger, you know, stage instead of just dynamite. Mm. But by saying that you are diminishing dynamite's importance, even though, I mean, you know, it's not a event sort of thing, right? But the um, only thing that I could think of coming out of it was that I think they're going to advance this idea that SCU is going to break up. And it's because, you know, because they're losing and Scorp- I feel like Scorpio, we've already talked before in the past about how Scorpio Sky is probably going to end up being a breakout member of that group. And, well, and, and it's no it's no knock against CD and Kazarian. I mean, CD's a, a trainer now. He's he's at toward not that he's at the end of his career, but he's towards it. He's not anywhere near what he was in TNA, you know, back in the day. But and Kazarian is is equally so. I mean, like he can still go in the ring, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, Scorpio's Scorpio is significantly younger than the other two. I mean, not that he's like incredibly young. I think he was thirty four, thirty five. Um, but if if they would have gone with that angle, and that would have been the pre show where like the best friends beat SCU for that title match, uh, you know, start that start that process. It just I don't know. It just seemed weird yeah. to me to have a random tag team match for a title opportunity when you just had a title opportunity match at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree. Um, big news, though, coming out of Double or Nothing. Really uh, big? <laughs> huh? Huge. Yeah, gigantic. Gigantic. Uh, I mean, machine-like. Um so, like, the big stuff, uh, Brian Cage debuted. Um, for those of you that did not see or know of this guy, um, go ahead and Google him. Um, Brian Cage, uh, the first time I saw him was in Lucha Underground. Um, he is the machine. Brian Cage, this dude is jacked. I mean, he has to be on some level of steroids. There's no way that a dude could get that big. I mean, he is scary big. And now he has, he has a manager in Taz from ECW, which to me makes so much more sense than Lance Archer and Shake Roberts. But I, I like it. I like the pairing. <clears throat> I like where they went with it because Taz had for a number of weeks, <coughs> had for a number of weeks, Talked to Darby Allen, kept trying to talk to him about coaching him, giving him pointers because Darby Allen had had a bit of a losing streak. And so Darby Allen's in the casino ladder match um, at the beginning of the pay-per-view. And, you know, Jumbotron says, who's going to stop the path of Cage? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And out comes Taz with Brian Cage. And Cage ended up winning. So apparently... Brian Cage has a shot at Fighter Fest um, for the AEW Championship. So that was big. 
Um, yeah, and didn't uh, wasn't the wasn't the final spot of that match him throwing Darby Allen off of the ladder in the middle of the ring to like the outside? Uh, he put Darby <clears throat> Allen on a smaller ladder. Um, gorilla pressed the the body and the ladder, and then threw him at another ladder. Like, how mad do you have to be to throw a man on a ladder at another ladder? Like, it's ladderception right there. <laughs> <clears throat> but that was big news. Um, Cody became the first TNT championship, beating Lance Archer. Um, they said multiple times that the belt that he, the championship that he actually was given, was not a completed product because due to the pandemic. They were unable to get it completely finished in time, but they did have the prototype that was there. Here's my thing about it: is like I've seen some mock-ups of what it could look like, and it could look very nice. I mean, it's it's not. It could. I don't know. Yeah, the the plates. If you look, if you look at it, the plates do look very unfinished. Um, it looks not plastic. Kinda. Not sure if I like the overall shape of it. Strap. Either. I'm, I'm the red strap. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think that it's it's good that they introduced this. I felt. I mean, you knew that they were going to have the TNT logo on there. Oh. Um, I like that Cody is basically turning it into a television championship. Um, and he's saying. He's going to defend um, it like weekly. He's going to defend it weekly, which is good. I mean, that should be that should be a stipulation for something along these lines, you know. Where I mean, just like when when we did our uh, the the promotion draft, um, like where we made up stipulations for whatever. I feel like that's something that is kind of lacking. Like, I mean, the twenty four seven or the yeah, the twenty four seven, you know. AK-47, you know, seven days a week, 7-Eleven. RPM-365. You know, yeah. Uh, championship. That one clearly has its own. Um, and the Cruiserweight Championship has its weight class. But, I mean, you don't really have things that are, you know, like consistent like that. Um, I, li- I liked when they had the U.S. title open challenges and things like that. But this, I think, will be good. And as long as it, like... I hope that it's not just a Cody thing. You know, I hope that it becomes a thing where like, they're like, you know what? I like that so much that you are going to defend this every week. You know, they were, they were doing that with um, the TNA legends belt became the television championship um, in um, Ring of honor. They would did that with the television championship where there was there was a time where it was to be defended every week. And I think I think they were gonna do the same thing with the television championship on NWA, but right after um championship was won, they only had a couple episodes, uh, and then everything hit and NWA is one of the companies that did shut down, which has gotta suck for them because um you know, in the in the hierarchy of the wrestling world, you know, the argument can be made that the top three are obviously New Japan, WWE, and All Elite. Um, you know, and fans will argue one way or the other, but call it what it is, WWE is still the peak. Yeah. Um, 
that All Elite and New Japan aren't generally giving for the money. All Elite and WWE have taken the stance, let's keep doing the empty arena shows, although we'll come, you know, that's changed a little bit. We'll come back to that when we hit WWE part of this. Um, but uh, New Japan says that having the empty arena shows during all this is like basically sacrilege. And, um, you know, Ring of Honor, um, uh, NWA, Stardom, um, all of of them have suspended like all of their shows. Impact is still running, um, but Impact A, Impact uh, B, they, they do they do like the NXT old school way where they tape like two months worth of episodes all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they uh, it's a bit of a different beast for them still, even though they are still running active product. Um. But it's I don't I don't know it's 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 just kind of weird situation. I got on that tangent. I don't even know why I got on that tangent at this point now. Can we rewind? No, you're you're fine. Uh, other news for I'll bring it back. Um, other news from Double and Nothing. Uh, talking about first, the TNT Championship. Yeah, the open challenges. That's how we got on there. Yeah. That. And you. Yeah. I may not have been here last week, but you. You're 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 on the tangents this week. Um, uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose. That match was actually very good. Um, if this wasn't a no disqualification match, there's no way that I mean, like Nyla Rose is such a presence. She's got that Nia Jax size, um, you know, to her advantage, that power, um, those sorts of things. But it. It was kind of it. It was nice to see somebody of more of an average size build because I mean, really, I, I'm and, and I like the way that they booked it. You know, like you know, okay, you know, we'll do a no disqualification match, no countout match. Um, it gives. I mean, Nyla wanted it. You know, Hikaru. It it helped Hikaru Shida get the championship, um, but it also kind of solidified that hey anybody can beat anybody here i mean you know riho won that first thing off of nyla rose and so i mean like it was good that nyla got the championship but i also like that you know we can get more more traditional feuds um that don't look like they're one-sided um because i mean nyla rose is, is as much of a presence as she is uh, Moxley and Brody Lee actually had a very good match. Um, <clears throat> uh, the rest it was a typical of- Moxley match from what I saw. I saw a lot of red. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it wasn't a ho- it wasn't a whole lot of red, and there wasn't a whole lot of color there. Um, they um, they did. They, I mean, essentially, they should have just said this was a no disqualification match because the ref did not care one bit whether they were outside the ring whether they were using weapons they were hitting each other they were i mean like this i mean it fit both of them well and it finally kind of highlighted some of Brody lee's abilities um moxley was able to you know have some good spots he did um his uh, you know dirty deeds or whatever he's calling it um 
that DDT on a paradigm ramp, shift. The paradigm shift, yes. Um, the so he hit that on the ramp, and then they went through the ramp on a spot where it was obviously weak, and then Brody emerged with a crimson mask of sorts, um, and then Moxley actually ended up making him pass out. Like, Brody Lee didn't tap out, he just passed out. Um, which will be interesting. Um, I would like, as much as, like, the, like, I was looking forward to the, the, like, the Dark Order leader, I, I kind of hope that they break this off. Um, I'm gonna disagree with you. Now, we've, we've already talked multiple times that I'm, Still not necessarily in the whole Brody Lee is the exalted one camp. Um, I feel like at the same time, because of the pandemic, it's not being given the fair shake. Um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson live in Canada, so they've been stuck there. So literally, it's been Brody Lee and the and the cronies um, trying to carry on this whole Dark Order thing. But Evil Uno... Uh, has been doing fantastic on Twitter, like well, as far as the way he, you know, he tweets in character and everything. But I feel like without, we can't, we're not getting the dark order exalted one storyline that we should have been getting because of COVID-19 and them being stuck in Canada. Uh, and I get that, but I feel like, I feel like on one level, Evil Uno should have probably been the exalted one the entire time anyway. It was me all along. You know, so <coughs> with him losing, you know, um relatively early, you know, like he he called his shot, he won he won the AEW championship, he goes after it, he ends up passing out. You know, and then they didn't they did not show him on uh, dynamite. I mean, they were just—they were just gone. I mean, Dark Order was just not there. Um, they had some that, of their cronies in 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 the in the crowd, quote unquote. Well, they did have the guy that like was trying to like recruit people. Like he handed a flyer to Colt Cabana. Um, that was the only thing that I saw, but. Okay. I mean, what where I would like to see this go is I'd like to see, you know, Brody, like, end up getting, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of this Mr. Brody Lee thing because it's, like, again, it's it's too much. And this will come back, too, whenever I talk about Dynamite. Um, they, um... It's just like you, you, you're constantly saying that WWE is is the number one promotion when all you do is poke and jab at them, you know. And this Mr. Brody Lee character is a hundred percent a jab at Vince McMahon. So, like, I don't know. I, I just I'm not feeling it. Ununderstandable, and and. We've talked about that a few times now, and I agree. Um, but I, at the same time, I disagree for the points that I was yes, talking no. about. Just, yeah. just because I think it was 
unfortunate time to introduce the exalted one um with everything but you know it, we'll, we'll see uh things are starting to lift um might Uno and Stu may be able to get back in the country here soon, and we'll kind of see what goes on from there, I guess. Yeah. Um, obviously, oh. uh, so there's really about only one more match there, and that was obviously the big one. I was curious how they were going to do that, because every time I tried to click on the Stadium Stampede match <clears throat> on Wikipedia to to link and see what the heck is a stadium stampede match? It literally just said it's an empty arena match. And it's like, well, duh, all of the matches right now are empty arena matches. <laughs> but I mean, obviously they did something completely different by having it, an actual stadium. <laughs> and it was well done. Like I, there were moments at the very beginning. I felt um, that it was too chaotic. Cause I mean, it was, it was a 10 man match. It's a five on five match. Like, um, and so, like, they had, like, referees all over the stadium. And basically what ended up happening is, like, it ended up breaking down into, like, smaller matches. So, like, you know, the Young Bucks obviously hung around each other. Um, you know, Kenny, you know, uh, like, Hangman Page showed up on a horse, chased down Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara hid, came back. Then... <laughs> Page kept looking for him in the stadium, just stopped and just went to the bar and started having drinks, which ended up leading to a bar fight where him and Kenny ended up attacking some people. I mean, uh, Matt Hardy put some wa- from wa- some water from the lake of uh, reincarnation in a pool at the Jacksonville Stadium. And literally changed forms three times. Like, he kept popping out of the water. And then, like, he was, like, you know, Team Extreme Matt. And then they put it down. And, like, the way that they did it was just so, so smart. And, like, it, it was it was one of those things, like, there are times when, like, things, you, you want, like, a level of realness, which we'll get to later. But. There's also, I mean, and this is why I do like AEW for what they're doing. They also know that they can be kind of tongue-in-cheek and be a bit meta and, and you know, kind of have fun with it. And, and it just seemed like, like, I mean, Matt for sure was having fun. Hmm. I mean, so he popped out of the water at one point with his V1 gimmick and they had the... So they had the Matt facts going on. They had the Matt facts going on and... <laughs> And like they he they put him under the water again, and like you could see like he's like had like he kept throwing up the v one hand sign and um then he came out of the water again as damascus and and it was just i mean it was good um uh, overall i i mean it it was a very good pay per view you know like I said top to bottom i mean they had the right amount of um and it was good to finally see some some closure of sorts between the elite and inner circle, so they can move on from that. But then it was also, um, I mean, it, it it wasn't like, I mean, really, like it was a fairly face winning pay per view. You know, like yeah. it it was a it wasn't like I, I felt like I feel like a lot of the time. They have a lot of 
I mean, I feel like there's a lot of heels in AEW, and that leads to a lot of heel wins, which then, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it does. And and now that you mention that, I just I just I'm looking at the list again. Um, so there are nine matches on the card, and so definitively six out of the nine ace wins. Okay. Yeah. Um, MJF won, so that's a heel win. Ryan Cage right now, it's too. I think it's too early maybe to tell whether he's for sure a heel. Yeah. Um. So can't count it as either, really. And then best friends versus private party. I feel like both of those were faces going into it, anyways. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, it's seven. Seven out of nine matches were won by faces. One was won by someone. Um. That's uh. We didn't. We don't know exactly what they are yet. Uh. Yeah. And but then I hear. Um, so yeah, um, and I'll just finish up with a quick thing on, so that led into, so Inner Circle wanted to have a pep rally on Wednesday, um, on Dynamite for their victory. They had shirts made up and all this stuff. Um, and like they had this whole thing going where they were going to give each other like trophies and things like that. And Jericho, and this is where, <clears throat> well, so they did that. I'm going to come right back to that for a second. Big news from Wednesday was the debut of FTR. Those of you that know, formerly the Revival, formerly the Revolt, they are now just FTR. Um, I wonder if that's why they they decided to go with FTR beyond just the fact of you know the whole F the F the revival kind of like feud that they had with uh, the Bucks in first place for you know F the revival or forever the revival, um, but you think about it, it former formerly the revival, <laughs> you know FTR. Yeah. Oh. Well, they they their new shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, says F the rest. Okay. Um, so, whatever. I mean, you can have it be whatever it want, you want it to be. Um, but I, I also like the way that they did it. So, um, the like the Bucks and Matt had a match at the very beginning of the, of the show. They're facing Joey Janelle and Private Party. Uh, Bucks and Matt pick up the victory, but during the middle of the match, um, the Bucks got into it with the Butcher and the Blade at ringside. Butcher and Blade come in, start beating up the Young Bucks after the fact. And then FTR comes rolling down in this sweet old truck, hop out, look like they're going to join in with Butcher and the Blade, but then they defend them, which has been a, a hallmark of like these guys coming in, like, Lance Archer, uh, Jeff Cobb, when he was there for like three minutes, seconds, yeah, you know, like, like it's been like it seems like new debuts have been like here's a heel, here's a heel, here's another heel, you know, like they're not really bringing in 
you know, and I like that they could be in the middle, you know, um, and it, it gives a little bit more of a, a balance to things, but it'll be good. Um, like I, I, I'm super pumped to have them in that tag division, that tag division now has officially become my favorite tag division because there's just, I mean, there's not as if they weren't before. I mean, it's just great. Um, if, if I already knew that that wasn't already your favorite tag division, anyways, you know they have a word, for, they have a term for that. It's called bandwagoning. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, like that tag division's already got. I mean, best friends are really, really good. It, it is a stacked division. It's really, really good. You've got the Bucks. You have the Lucha Brothers. Those two are amazing. You know, and now you no, just added. Yeah, you just added FTR. Yeah, it's over. So uh, I, I like actually a stacked division, and it seems like for the most part, for the most part they know what they're doing with it, other than deciding who actually is the number one contender. But yeah, and I mean, Private Party is very, very good. Um, you know, I mean, I'm even digging this new pairing of Sabian and um, and Havoc. I mean, like they. I mean, they actually, it, it seems like they they have their own name. They're the Super Bad Murder Squad or something like that. Um, <laughs> I didn't catch that, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, but they, like, like it, it, it's a very, very good tag team division. Um, back to that other part, though. Uh, the Pep Rally. Um this is where things get a little bit dicey. So, um, the show was okay for the most part. Um, like, you know, Cody mentioned his TNT championship, but, uh, at the end of the show, Jericho basically just continued a feud from WWE and AEW. Cause he said, he wanted Mike Tyson's head on a platter because he got punched 10 years ago on a Monday night. And that just was like, while it fits the character of Jericho, it's like, why would you want to even like, now you're going to have people going and Googling that. And what's going to pop up WWE. Why would you go there? It's it's again the whole we're not at war with them, but you know darn well we're at war with them. So. Yeah. But I mean, so it ended up with a breakdown, and Tyson was, um, you know. Jericho shoved Tyson, and then like the entirety of the locker room showed up and broke them all up, and things like that. But <clears throat> the other thing that I really liked was uh, MJF had cut a promo before the. There's a battle royale uh, for to to find the first challenger for the TNT Championship. MJF said um, something to the effect of. Yeah, he's like I'm the he's like I am the hottest commodity. I'm the number one I'm the number one ranked male in AEW and 
It's like, and I didn't even need to come from another promotion to get over, which was great. I it's like, oh, so good. But yeah, that's AEW. And I did look because I was just curious because I know last year Fighter Fest was actually a free pay per view, um, which was which was rather nice. Um, couldn't find anything about the fact that it would be free or not uh this year but they did say uh, i i am looking at the thing and um it looks like the best friends are challenging for the tag titles at fighter fest so that's what they won and then uh sabian and havoc or the super super bad murder squad super bad murder squad uh, are just getting the title shot next week so obviously they'll just face the winners at fighter fest apparently the uh, fighter fest was supposed to be in london uh originally and be their united kingdom debut um before everything on the toilet yeah but, uh yeah so that's ew we talked uh, a long time about that but i figured that was going to be the largest portion of our show overall um, so just kind of just hitting on some stuff from WWE and uh, the NXT world. Um, so just kind of, kind of running down the list here, like obviously they, they had performance center now in the crowd, uh, behind like these hockey esque plexis. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's kind of unique, uh, I guess. In, in the regard of you know, they're there to give that reaction, but they're not there like um, but, AEW but where we, there's interaction. Can we take a moment to just say that WWE had to have looked at AEW? They I'm sure someone did. It yeah. had to be like, you know what? That's actually working. And they stole it. I was like, oh man, that's great. Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's it perfectly exactly uh, the, my thoughts on it as well. So, um, lots of different stuff kind of happening on Raw. Um, obviously, we're getting another push of Nia Jax uh, going against Asuka. It looks like here at Backlash. Couldn't think of what the next pay per view event was. It's Backlash. Backlash? <laughs> um, so Nia Jax versus Asuka. Uh, would happen i figured they were going to eventually just you know uh charlotte was you know putting the right things in in her mouth as it were and gonna end up with all three women's championships and probably try to pull a kurt angle and samoa joe from tna where she ended up with the women's tag team titles by herself too um just because you know it's charlotte flair but no nia jack's the number one contender there now i don't think she'll beat oscar for it but um you know, it's it's it should be interesting to see what what will happen. I, I figured they they shouldn't have if if they wanted Nia Jax to have the title, they would have just given her the title with the money in the bank, right? You would think. I, I it's mean, WWE and they're kind of dumb. Yeah, Becky it, was originally it, supposed it, to face Nia Jax. Like the original plan was Becky was going to face Nia Jax at Money in the Bank. That was the original plan. Well. Things changed. Thanks, Seth. Seth is Seth Rollins is the reason why we can't have nice things. <laughs> really he is ruins Finn Balor's Universal Championship. 
He retires Sting. He gets rid of the man, Becky Lynch. That's it. Get rid of him. He's the worst wrestler ever. <laughs> and and by worst, there's your there's your there's your name of the podcast episode. Seth Rollins is the worst. I was going to stick with live from parts on no, it's the reality check, but I'll, I'll write it down. Seth Rollins is the worst. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I will say after being like WTF is this when he came out, uh, uh money in the bank, because I mean, I know, I know that I immediately like text you. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's my burn it down. Um, yeah, I, I will say that theme has actually really great. I mean, it fits him. It fits his character for sure. Yeah. But now, and, and see, I think I think they made a really smart decision by kicking Austin Theory out of Lena Vega's group because it didn't really fit. I understand that they needed someone with uh, yeah. when Andrade went out for a minute, um, but Austin Theory just kind of didn't fit. I just hope now, that Zelina Vega's little faction that she's got going there doesn't turn into. Mexico's 2.0 because WWE doesn't know how to handle Latino wrestlers properly without turning them into absolute jokes. I agree, but I mean, most of everything that they've done with Selena and Andrade has been good so far. I know. And, and she is she is a great manager and uh, both Garza and Andrade are phenomenal talents. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of potential you know, for them. Like I, I was, was kind of angry when they took the, the cruiserweight title off Garza, but knowing that he got like, how we always joke about getting promoted to the main roster isn't really a promotion. No, this this is a promotion for him. Well, speaking of, did you see who's got promoted from? Being promoted from being fired to possibly cruiserweight champion? Well, not only that, but a person who lost on NXT is being promoted to SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Well, come back to SmackDown. Come back to SmackDown. I know. I'm just saying. Just saying. And I still find... uh, I got some words for that one, too. Um, But, uh, yeah, so Theory is with Rollins now. So I think that's I think that's a smart pairing, uh, Murphy and uh, Theory. Uh, I think that's smart pairing them with Rollins. Um, Theory won't have any trouble getting over. I'm not saying that Murphy had trouble getting over, but both of them are going to get so much more over being with Rollins. You know now, especially considering you know Rollins is on a timetable. Right? In December. He's going to have to leave for probably, I don't know, multiple weeks at least, right? He, he's, he's not going to be around. Well, I don't you think. figure he could probably be gone from there till Rumble. And then, yeah, make a return there. Yeah, that would probably be smart. So they got that, especially now that one of the authors of Pain got injured again. So. His group tag team, apart. Man, thing. Just let them go back to NXT. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they won't get injured. Um, although I mean, <laughs> NXT is doing the same thing by perf- 
they're doing out of the performance center that Raw is, so whatever. But uh, let's talk about the two biggest pieces coming out of Raw. So Rey Mysterio is going to put on the salmon jacket next week and give his retirement speech, apparently. Do you think it's real? Again? <laughs> they're doing this again? This is how much I don't watch Monday Night Raw, okay? I mean, he's, he's supposed just to be... Did this, like, six months ago? Like, he did, had the whole thing where he was going to retire, and then Dominic talked him out of it? I think so. Um, but at this point, they should just have Dominic come out and be like, yeah, you should retire, and beat down his own dad. <laughs> and he's like, Eddie was my real father. Latino heat. I, th- I think when think when Dominic debuts, they really embrace that honestly um like the the whole thing he comes out full on heel and and a good way to do it is to have him beat down uh ray but full on you know i i am i am dom guerrero <laughs> you know yes oh, oh. Uh, I, I i think that i think, I don't that think they could pull great. that off i don't think that they could i don't think legally they could <laughs> Well, they'd have to get permission from Vicky, and I know Vicky's still on good terms with WWE. No, although she's not, she's they got they banned her from WWE, and she was on she was on Dynamite. That's right, that's right. She was on good terms with them, and then they <laughs> banned her because she showed up on Dynamite. You're right. Well, and then and then they fired her son-in-law. So yeah. I mean, you know that part's got to sting too. Uh, yeah, you're right. They they aren't going to get permission for that unless somehow they actually own the Guerrero name. I, I doubt that he ever signed that over beforehand. Yeah, I highly doubt that they would sign over the name. Uh, um, uh, Mark Henry did tweet out like, hey, Ray, I got a jacket you can borrow if you need it. <laughs> for content on him, but, you know, he's got the salmon jacket still. Um. Other big news, obviously, we have a new United States champion. Finally. Finally that we have a new United States champion, or finally that uh, Apollo Crews has uh, won the title? Apollo Crews. Okay. Uh, not, you know, not anything against... Who Who's holding it before? Andrade. <clears throat> That's what I thought, but he's been out, so it's like, I didn't know if he still was. Because, yeah. you know... You know, if you're out for an extended period of time, the WWE could, uh, you know, strip you of your title or not. There are caveats. If if you're if you're boning the queen, you don't have to worry about losing your title. You're fine. Sure, that's fair. Um, if isn't fair, a helmet. Um, but, but yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. but no, Paul Cruz definitely Whoa. deserved it. He. They called him up way too fast. He should have spent more time in NXT. I um, got a run with that NXT championship. He should have. He, he should have had it. Um, but I'm I'm glad to see him finally getting a push and getting you know the exposure he needs. That guy can go in the ring. He's good. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for. Him. I'm excited Coming to back to goes. your original point, if I if I remember hearing correctly, he plans on being a fighting champion, and that's fine. Uh, no. Do it. He's uh, he's definitely um, going that route. Um. So, uh, well, we'll we'll go ahead and jump down to SmackDown since you kind of uh, with that there. Um. But uh, so obviously the person who lost on NXT, um, 
Matt Riddle. He lost in the cage fight to Timothy Thatcher. Can I just say that that cage was cool? That like, was very cool. I, I haven't got a chance to see the whole match because the USA app is being stupid. Thanks WWE for not putting my NXT on the WWE network that I pay $10 a month for. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I saw pictures of the cage. I really hope they use that for like steel cage matches for the future because it had that scaffolding around the top that you could get up on. Well, it was a it was a smaller cage. Like the cage was it's like the cage itself was smaller. So like literally like it may have been six feet high. So you could easily just get up on that scaffolding and do whatever you wanted up there. It was they it, I liked it. I mean they like it was I think what they were attempting was to try to make it less of like a traditional cage match and try to make it more of like an an MMA match was what the feel was, you know? Yeah, if you um, remember like the old UFC, like the old UFC cages were much smaller and they did have that, they did have that thing or like the walkway around the top, the scaffolding around the top for like the cameraman to like point down. Yeah. Uh, so obviously they did. They don't need that anymore because a the the cage is much larger on the inside, and they have you know like cranes uh, with cameras. But yeah, I mean, I that that main event was pretty sweet, and I like I did like that that cage, especially for that that sort of um thing. And they had like doors, so like legitimately. I mean, I would like to see them like turn that into like. A, I mean, that would be a fun match. That that cage would be nice if you could put like weapons in the cage surrounding it, because there was like a walkway all the way around the ring that so like there was two levels of cage or chain or fence, um, and like so you could easily have like you know weapons and stuff in there too. Like that would be a sweet. Like kind of hardcore match. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It'd, it'd be nice to see them in something like that. And, and NXT would do it. WWE, like main roster, not so much. Hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously Matt Riddle lost that match, but he is getting called up to the SmackDown. Um, I, I think this is uh, another continuing. I talked about it briefly last week. They are attempting to we need to rebuild because of certain things you know losing certain stars because of COVID-19 like when Reigns opting out God only knows when he'll return if he'll return that kind of thing you know and what I don't care anymore don't care just don't care damn it um, I don't but, care if he ever shows back up I don't you know, I'm pretty sure that's how Vince feels honestly uh, it's you know they are they're trying to build and they believe that they have something with Matt Riddle um, that they can utilize on main roster and go from there so called him up the, uh, we got the Intercontinental title tournament still going on now, some weird stuff was going on with this on Smackdown um and we'll come back to this part like at the end, but so Elias was involved in some kind of hit and run and they arrested Jeff Hardy for suspected DUI on screen for a person who's 
had issues with DUI in the past. Um, but like I said, we'll come up, we'll come back to that. But that meant Jeff Hardy was out of the tournament and Elias is out of the tournament. So some stuff was going on backstage and Adam Pierce was, uh, who's a producer for, um, for WWE scrap daddy, Adam Pierce, he, uh, shows up and is like, okay, we're going to solve this and have a battle Royale. It's like a 10 person battle Royale. The winner is going to face Daniel Bryan in the sem- in a semifinal match for the tournament and AJ Styles you just get a bye to the final. It's like uh how does that work? Okay, yeah. whatever. They have this they have this battle royale and Sheamus wins. Uh and then he faces Daniel Bryan later on. Debray wins. So, we still get the result that we expected anyways, which was Debray versus AJ in 2 weeks for the vacant Intercontinental Championship. Um I feel like that match is going to be a freaking amazing match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious to see how they'll decide to go with it. Because, you know, uh, Debry's already been challenging for the Intercontinental title. Um, AJ's never held the Intercontinental title. So it, it'll just kind of be interesting, I think. But um, on, honestly, Riddle call up and the whole shenanigans around the Intercontinental Title Tournament really about the only thing that uh, should be noteworthy on SmackDown. Other than the fact that there's apparently, um, I don't like. I feel like the feud with Sonya Deville has just kind of gone by the wayside. But Mandy and Otis hanging out by the pool, a little bit of Fast Times at Ridgemont High thing going on there dreaming and stuff um and apparently apparently they're pushing real hard that mandy thinks that otis is like the hottest man on the planet like really yeah but, yeah <laughs> uh, you know uh, i've i've said it before i've i've went on record stating like when otis and Dolph were fighting over mandy i was like why guys like really get it a lot of people like her you know i don't sorry unpopular opinion i know that's a very unpopular opinion especially i know it's 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 an insanely unpopular opinion and i'm stating it live (laughs) a very attractive young lady Uh, but so they got all this again it's okay for you to be wrong it's my opinion Um. So wrong. You should know this. That's why I'm the host and you're the co-host. And I'm color commentary, okay? Um, so looking it up, AJ, if AJ wins the Intercontinental, he would only need the tag titles to have a Grand Slam. Really? He's never held the tag titles? No, he's had the, uh, the WWE Championship twice and the United States Championship three times. Interesting. Oh, he's probably never going to win the tag titles since they got you know they got rid of Anderson and Gallows. Uh, did you did you see the uh, interview he did on uh, or not interview but um, he was talking about it on his mixer and like, I, I don't want to say he broke down. He kind of did, 
he's very visibly upset um, about the fact that they were that they were let go, and that he felt responsible for bringing them in, and that he should have done more to help them uh, in their position on everything. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they're gone completely. I still think they're a big enough thing. They just, you know, they had no plans for them, really, <coughs> to, to be doing anything on Raw as they were. So, I don't know. There's still possibility that they could come back. It's not like currently running. So, if WWE reached out and said, hey, y'all want to come back? Here's a contract. Oh, we can't go wrestle in Japan. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? So, I don't know possibilities, but yeah, I, I guess I guess he kind of broke down a little bit, um, saying that he failed them, uh, in in the uh, the fact that they were let go. Um, but yeah, so SmackDown. Uh, looking at NXT. So, obviously, we already talked about the cage fight. Uh, Velveteen Dream is getting another shot at the NXT Championship against Adam Cole, and you know I, I would I would say the whole oh well they've used this gimmick a thousand times about well if Velveteen doesn't win he will never get a shot at the NXT Championship again. Um, I mean it's not exactly how it was said. The um, they said that it would be um, he would never get another shot while. Adam Cole holds the belt. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, Adam Cole is the longest reigning NXT champion in history right now. There's rumors his contract is coming up here in the summer and that he may leave to go to AEW to be with his girlfriend. I still don't think so. I, th- I think they're treating him well enough in WWE that he doesn't need to go. I mean, he is literally the face of NXT, which is the most popular brand on the on on the like in the company. Sure, he's not WWE champion, he's not Universal champion, but he is NXT champion, and arguably, most people would say that that stands higher. Um, but the How you know, so kind of it's supposed to be the developmental brand, and it, it's higher than the other things. Um, I mean, not to say that the other championships aren't on the up. They have real champions. They do um, now. But, yeah, it's, um, that's the match that they're setting up for In Your House. Um, it's it's funny to see that the accusations that were leveled against the Dream have kind of just fallen off the wayside, like, very quickly and quietly. So... Curious to see if anything, as we approach in your house, um, <clears throat> the yeah. on the seventh here, that, that's actually coming up very soon. But, um, oh, then we got uh, so yeah, we already kind of briefly spoke about it, but the cruiserweight interim cruiserweight championship finals are set. Uh, El Hijo de Fantasma be facing Drake Maverick in the final. Drake Maverick, who is fired. King Cuerno. King Cuerno is facing Tasma. Because um, Tasma is Maverick. Hijo del Fantasma 
is too hard to say. Well, that's why I'm just going to say Phantasma. There you go. It's Phantasma. Um, it's fired, allowed to continue to compete in this tournament, and they've they've done a, like a, this this whole job of, you know, like oh, this is his last shot. This is his last shot. So it's kind of like, eh, but was he really fired? Like, well, was he really fired? Because I really don't think he was fired. Because now the rumors are going around the kidnappings that they had done um, with uh, Raul Mendoza and uh, Joaquin Wilde, and they attempted to kidnap Phantasma. Originally, Phantasma was rumored to be the leader of this group, but now the rumors have shifted that it's actually Maverick in charge of this group, um, and he was trying to ki- going to be trying to kidnap cruiserweights to get to the cruiserweight championship. Um, so we might see a heel Drake Maverick uh, coming out of all of this. Uh, either way, I think this match feel, is going to be fantastic. I feel like that's a bad idea. Having Maverick like, be there? I feel like it's a very bad idea. Just Having, just for the sake of Maverick being the leader or in general? Yeah, let's, let's have a white dude kidnapping a bunch of Latinos. I think Joaquin Wilde was Latino. I'm just saying, like, El Ijo and Raul Mendoza were like, yeah, that's fair. If you're targeting like that, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I suppose. I suppose we'll see. Uh, is the it's next week? Is it next week or is it the the week after? Or is it going to be at? Um, I think it's a takeover. It's going to be a takeover. I think Um, it is. Now, obviously, there was a little bit of controversy in that three-way match um, with who actually won, apparently. Um, But Kushida, who was the other person involved with, um, like, that had the argument that that he had won, uh, Kushida shook Maverick's hand backstage and said, I accept referee's decision that you win. And I respect you for the match that we put on. And Maverick said, "When I win the cruiserweight championship, will be the, you will get the first defense." So, um, a little bit of respect there, which also kind of leads me to believe, like with the, all this feel good stuff, the respect stuff, that they could go with the angle of him being this leader of this group or whatever. So, I mean, either way, I think that match is going to be a great turn. But I mean, to go from like people actually backing him and, like, getting, like, behind Drake Maverick, you know, mm. to we're just going to do, like, this heel thing. Like, I mean, if they're going to go that route, then he would have been like, ha joke's on you, I was never fired. Like, like, yeah. I just, I played you all. Like, I mean, it could be a great heel turn. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Or maybe uh, maybe uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are just joining the Dark Order. <laughs> Dark Order has invaded NXT. <laughs> um, basically, they continue to set up the whole feud between uh, Keith Lee, AM, Johnny Gargano, and I uh, did Cam not Ray. get that segment at all. Uh, the the part where they were in, like, the, where uh, Keith Lee and Mia Yim were in the house. Yeah, and they were like, because they, they were actually uh, apparently they were actually in 
Johnny and Candace's house because Johnny and Candace had been doing the whole, they're sitting there having dinner and talking about how they're going to remake NXT in their image. Um, uh, that was, okay. I, was I that whole watching thing. NXT in a minute. So that's probably why it, it was lost on me. Yeah. Um, and then, then they kind of insinuated that, um, okay, well, how did they get in their house you know, to try to suspend the disbelief on things? Well, they were in their house and Tegan Knox delivered a pizza to them. So Tegan Knox has been doing the cooking thing uh, during yeah. this quarantine with uh, Candice Array and WWE has been promoting it. So that's like how they insinuated it. But it looks like unofficially confirmed that Johnny Gargano is going to face Keith Lee for the North American title at TakeOver. I would assume that Mia Yim and Candice LeRae will be in their respective corners uh, or maybe have their own match uh, separate. Um, I feel like Johnny should win that. Um, Dirty. He wins it dirty. That's fair. Um, I, I, um, I feel like... If he were to win it dirty, it would make him even more heel. Yeah. He is. Uh, oh, and I, you know, and I said it about I said it about Seth Rollins, kind of like you know, WTF, where is my burn it down? Um, but like when Johnny yes. Gargano came out a couple weeks ago with new music, and I'm like, what the crap is this? After listening to it a, a little bit more, it's like, okay, no, I can get behind this. Well, <laughs> I like it. I, I like that WWE is doing those subtle things. They did it with, they did it with Champa. You know, they, you know, they did it with Io Shirai. Like, I like that they're doing that now. It's not, it's no longer like, okay, you just have one theme music, just go out there. Like, mm. you know, <clears throat> like. Despite the fact that they got rid of CFO, um, some of the, some of this new music uh, has been uh, real hot in terms of setting doing what an entrance music should think about think about in the in the old days when you know when all of a sudden you know the you know you heard you heard real americans start blaring on the speakers just start went no they got turned yeah and it's while it's obviously not going to be that iconic it really sets the tone you know we talked about it before uh when dakota kai turned heel and she yes. got that new heel music, and it was like it really set. It yeah. really set her as a as a heel. Just people just wanted to boo her the moment she walked out on stage, and the music helped set that. You know, I, I think once we have crowds again, I think you know those changes with like the music will do that again for you know Seth Rollins and for. Johnny Gargano, especially if he, they do win dirty. There is a, there is a, um, you know, kind of talking about in your house, there's a rumor because that what they're doing with the PC recruits in the crowd yes. is that they're setting up this subtlety, getting the thing you used to having the crowd back in WWE because there will be an actual crowd um, at TakeOver and for Backlash. In the PC, at least at least that's the rumor. How um, much are those tickets going to be? <laughs> probably a lot. I would imagine they'll probably do something along the same lines of how. Um, have you ever looked into the the performance center visits? No. Um. Well, I have. <laughs> but well, you you go down south a lot more than I do. That's fair. Um. 
but like you get a lot of stuff with those performance center visits, but they're like $1,500 a ticket. I would imagine they'll probably be do something like that where you get like a mini performance center visit. Cause obviously you won't be able to visit a lot of it because a lot of it's been taken up for production now, but it'll, it'll probably be that same kind of thing where you're going to pay Uber money for this ticket. And there, there's going to be more than just your event there. Probably everyone will get custom, you know, the custom chair. Um, I mean, you figure there can't be a bad seat in there really. No. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're, all, they're only going to fit so many people in it, period. Yeah. So, but it, it, it should be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, I feel like they're probably leaning towards a, a, um, cinematic match with Dream and Cole. Did you pick um, up on that vibe too? Yeah, because Regal was like, you know, and I will choose the place where it happens. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, I don't foresee it being like a like a traditional in the ring match. Which I, th- I think is the wrong way to go with that. Honestly, uh, well, the whole... if you're gonna have a crowd again, it is. Yeah, I, I, I even so. even if you have the PC people there, like it's still. We'll see. Um, yeah. Only other thing I'd say, you know, coming out of the, coming out of NXT was the whole uh, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai team against Charlotte Flair and a partner of her choosing, which she chose Char- uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Green. Um, I thought it was kind of a weird choosing, personally, but at the same time, it may make sense because that she may end up getting added to that fatal or to that three way at Takeover. But like after the match, you know, the whole they've been doing this whole big thing about. Chelsea Green is part of the Robert Stone brand. Well, she fired Robert Stone. Yeah. Oh. Well, it wasn't. I'm not. Well, there, there's a reason why it's working, and it's not because it's it's not because of Robert Stone. Sorry to break it to them. Um, okay. It, <laughs> it it's it, it like I I don't I don't get Chelsea Green. She's she's being pushed pretty hard. Especially after they just fired her fiance, you know, who was literally a company man. And who who's her fiance? Ryder. Oh yeah. It's just like the fact that she's almost killed like three people by trying to hit her really crappy version of the unprettier. Yeah. Like, she she needs she needs a lot more conditioning in ring before they really push her uh, as hard as they are. But it wouldn't be the first time they've done that. She's been wrestling for six years. She was on the last Tough Enough that they did. She was one of those people. She was a stunt woman prior to wrestling. So Was she the one that was the hot mess? In, uh, Impact, yes. See, I like that. Like, that gimmick was good. It was unique, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I, I never watched any of her matches impact because it was... Well, she was on... I mean, if that's her... She was in... She was in uh, AEW for... Um, like, the, like for All In. Um, before it was AEW. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, like... I was like, okay, this, this chick can go she's pretty it was just crazy 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I feel like most of the women that come out of like impact TNA just don't really pan out. Yeah. Well, it's because impact doesn't help them the way that they should, I think. But I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Um, so we're at, uh, we're at almost an hour and a half here. Um, so let's get to our final topic and talking about the boundaries of storylines. So we already kind of talked about it with them arresting uh, Jeff Hardy for suspected DUI. Um, Jeff Hardy, who has been arrested multiple times uh, for a DUI during his life. Um, you know, we spoke about it uh, via text that Matt and Rebby Hardy went off uh, on social media over this. And, and here's the thing I will say. Jeff had to sign off on it. It's they, true. Whether he, whether he was coerced into signing off on it or not, he still had to sign off on it. Like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Jordan Miles. That that spot and that I mean that storyline or whatever did its job. So, uh-huh. and obviously he came back at the end of the night. Um, Sheamus, so they're going to start a feud between him and Sheamus. Um, <clears throat> it's you know they uh, let's see here. He's been arrested. Th- DUI or possession? Yeah. yeah. How many times? On September 11th, 2009, charges of traffic and controlled prescription pills and possessions of steroids. Um, to, 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 on July 13th, 2019, he was arrested for public intoxication. And October 3rd, 2019, he was arrested and charged with driving while impaired. So, yeah, he... Like- uh, so I just for those listening, like I had posed this sort of topic to Rob before we started doing this. And just because it it's interesting because those of us that know and have followed Jeff's career and we've seen the things that, you know, the struggles that he's gone through and things of this nature for them to use something that was very real for him. Like, I, I, it may, it leaves, <clears throat> it makes it, I don't know, like there's, there's that level of like, should you cross that line? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it's, it's somebody struggles like this, you know, I mean, like they're, I mean, and he's really, I mean, he's really, really had issues over, over the years. I mean, like it's, I mean, it's to the point where, like, I mean, those of you that watched that the Slammiversary match a long time ago with Sting, like, you just, you have to, like, there's a level for me that I actually fear for him. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I've never, I mean, I'm very much invested into Jeff Hardy's life because of, like, he was, like, one of the very first wrestlers that really, really had me engaged 
in the product. And for them to use his real life struggles and his real life issues in this light, just, I don't know, like it did its job for sure. Cause we're talking about it. Um, and, but it's one of those things. It's like, you know, it, you know, I feel like Dr. Malcolm and, uh, Jurassic park that, you know, they, they, thought too much like whether they mean about how much they could and they didn't think about whether they should you know sort of thing yeah no and it's at the, at the end of the day it's it still boils down to um still boils down to he had to sign off on it and and it's true. I mean, he did have to sign off on it. Um, Again, whether he was his arm was twisted um, to sign off on it or not, he's still signed off on it. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, there's talk. I mean, like, there's clearly like a way to like you know. He even you know he mentioned his struggles and his issues. On what the whatever the show is that that Mrs. Moxley is hosting um, about how he had struggled with his addictions and things of that nature, but like, so I mean, they kind of set the tone for this, you know. But like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you, you want like there's there's a level of like realism that you want. But there's also like a, like there is that fine line, and so it's like what is too real and what's not. Well, and they, they you know, and th- this is an obviously the only example of a time where they've pushed all these boundaries uh, in terms of are because it, it's dealing with real life stuff, or it's too far because it's like really we're going to go there. Um has a history of that. Well, wrestling in general has a history of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think about um, when Kane was feuding with Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship, like, uh, Raw, you know, 2003-ish, okay? Um, you know, and the whole Katie Vick thing yeah. <laughs> came about. And we did a segment... Oh, okay, so for those who don't remember, um, Kane was accused of, you know, you know, he's Paul Bearer's son, who is a mortician. Kane was accused of violating a dead body of a young girl named Katie Vick. Well, Triple H went to a funeral home with a Kane mask and proceeded to crawl into a casket and act like he's about to violate this dead body and they showed like they did that video on tv um you know i'm sure there's a bajillion more examples that i can't think of that was like just the one that kind of came to mind there's there's shocking there's shocking like captivating television you know like that glenn jacobs didn't really have he doesn't. He did not commit necrophilia in mm-hmm. his personal life, 
it's a storyline, yes. Like, it's no more shocking than, pun intended, than Kane hooking up a battery to Shane McMahon's testicles. <laughs> you know? Um, or Muhammad Hassan, when he did the whole thing with Undertaker that led to his immediate release, like, oh, right yeah. around 9-11. You know, they that edited was very- it out. Like, if I remember correctly, they edited the um, yeah, I mean, like, attack out of SmackDown. Because that's it's at that time SmackDown wasn't taped live. It was it was, you know, pre taped on Tuesdays and then aired on Fridays or whatever. Or Thursdays or whatever. But they I mean, so there are shocking things, but I feel like this line was a way too close. And again, you're right, Jeff had to sign off on it. Like you know, we're saying this, and, and Matt and Rebby clearly were very upset about it, you know, but t- for me, like, when you're using somebody's personal life, you know, as a way to further a storyline, but this isn't the first time that a Hardy has been involved in a storyline that has involved their personal life. If we remember correctly, the storyline with Matt and Edge, when Matt was let go, and it was over Lita. Oh, and and Le- when Matt was released from WWE, and he went to Ring of Honor and had a little stint there, and and then there was this whole thing about Lita uh, Edge stealing Lita from behind his back, and then you know Matt shows up. I mean, I marked out for that. Like I was mm-hmm. like, this, you know, this is it was great. Like it was a good use of that real life thing you know but to put somebody's like in that sense the like their demons on national television here let me just replay my lowest parts of my life for you to whatever to further a storyline that's a bit rough you could have done something else you know i mean like like we were saying, like, you know, we also talked about um, during that cage match with Riddle and Thatcher. I mean, Riddle Riddle bounced off the, the cage, kicks Thatcher flush in the face, and then cut, follows it up with, like, a PK, with a penalty kick to the face. And, I, I mean, what, I mean, if they had a blood capsule and fake teeth, man, applause to you, because you made that look so good. But, like literally, they they showed Kurt Angle holding two teeth in his hand, and oh, he picked him up. But yeah, well, Thatcher picked up the teeth and handed them to Kurt Angle, and then had to go over to the rings, like the doctor. That was ringside. Uh, like, or not, they were in the dude's mouth. <laughs> huh? Or not, they were in the dude's mouth. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, they had, I mean, like, it was, I mean, it was well done, but, I mean, again, you can have a shocking factor, but, you know, and you can blur that line between reality and, and, I mean, that's what we want. We want that suspension of disbelief, that blurring of reality. We want to be able to believe that The Undertaker can cast lightning from within an arena, you know? But I don't know that we need to be going 
that far with people's personal lives and struggles. Makes sense. Absolutely. It, it was definitely in, I don't think anyone would disagree in poor taste. Yeah. That's what a lot of WWE's built itself on. And unfortunately, you know, that's what a lot of people you know, look at the, the example I gave was the Katie Vick segment, obviously. And, and you, know, you can spend all your disbelief on that one pretty easily to, to be like, oh, yeah, you, you, he didn't really have, you know, he didn't really violate a corpse. It's at the same time, think about the differences in where the world was then in the early 2000s versus where we are now. And yeah. it hits a lot differently. Knowing what you know about his personal life, you know, the fact that he. issues and it it, it 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 just it hits differently for sure yeah and i mean not only that but the fact that they shot an angle using police at this time like With everything else going on in the world you know exactly, involving police i mean exactly like like you, you decided to do this thing where we're going to dredge up Jeff Hardy's personal issues, and we're going to have police involved. Like this is not. So at least they didn't. At least they didn't go as far as like having the police involved and having it being like Bobby Lashley or Apollo Cruz or mean, something that like that. That would have been way beyond, way beyond. But again, Don't, like I mean, Superman's not even that stupid. He had terrorists right after 9-11. Like, technically, he had the terrorists before 9-11. <laughs> he had shot the angle prior to the attack, so... But, sure, but still. I mean, still not beyond his realm of trying it again. True. Stores in the Black Hoods, but whatever. So... I think that's pretty well our show today. You got anything else you want to talk about, Jansen? No, we talked about it all. Um, so next week, uh, looks like we're going to do live again, uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. This time looks like we're going to do that. Uh, for anyone who is, uh, listening, uh, whether you listen live with us on Twitch, um, or you're listening on your favorite podcast app, uh, try to check us out live if you get a chance. Um, we, I'm going to try to set up. Uh, there's been a, a referee on the independent circuit that I've been in contact with. Um, his name is, uh, I, and I apologize if you're listening, and I and I say this wrong, but uh, Vincent Cantoni. Um, he is uh, someone that I've been talking to via Instagram. Um, he's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like maybe blow him out of proportion and say he's like big on the independent circuit, but I've seen some of the pictures that he shared and videos that he shared of things that he's refereed. He's refereed for um, fairly famous wrestlers such as like Ricochet and things like that. So we're going to try to get him on the show either live next week or maybe in a pre-recorded uh, interview. Um, so there's that. Hopefully we'll get an opportunity to run down the card for takeover in your house. Cause that will be, that will be the following day on the seventh. So lots to look forward to. 
So um, I'll go ahead and run out our outro here and uh, we'll get you guys on your way. Thanks again for listening um, for anyone who is still with us right now. Uh, we do genuinely appreciate it. Um, if you did like this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe and rate uh, on any of your favorite podcasting app. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to us live or you are listening to us live right now on Twitch, we're also being hosted by my friend Skella Dud. Um, but my Twitch account is Legion Cage, the same as my Twitter, L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. So give me a follow and you'll get notified whenever we go live for the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, all of our previous episodes are still available on the uh, podcasting apps as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, uh, reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast. Or on Facebook, just search The Reality Check or go to facebook.com slash TheRealityCheck16. And I already mentioned my personal Twitter account again is Legion Cage as well. Um, the Reality Check is sponsored by uh, Dragon Lily. You can find her on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DragonLily21. So give her a follow and hit the notification button so you see when she goes live next. She can also be found on Instagram at DragonLily21 underscore and Twitter at DragonLily21. If you like horror games, she's got you covered. Uh, so give her a check out. Um, recently, she's been getting more into the PS4 games. Uh, from what I understand, she started streaming on PS4 a little bit more, and she's been playing through Dead Island. Um, as I already mentioned, uh, Skeledud was hosting us today, so thank you for that. You can find him on twitch.tv slash Skeledud. He just recently achieved affiliate status, so thank you to anyone who has recently followed him or checked out his stream as a result of listening to us. Uh, I'm sure he greatly appreciates it as well. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Skeledud. Recently, he's been streaming the Batman Arkham games, and he... Uh, has also been streaming Saints Row the Third Remastered alongside yours truly. Uh, we did two streams earlier this week. Um, we'll be streaming every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Um, if you get a moment, you can also find our bitter rivals over at the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, along with the other media junkies' properties, such as Fanboy Fight Club, Rogue Agents, and Why Are You a Gamer? Did you get a chance to listen to the episode of Fanboy Fight Club that I was on, Jansen? I did not. I was actually going to listen to it probably when I go on my walk here. Oh, nice. Appreciate it. I would really appreciate it if you listened to it. I don't. I they didn't tell me if it did well or how many plays it's got or anything like that. Um, I got yelled at during it because I was trying to explain like why I was judging them the way they were, hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay, I thought I was supposed to actually say why, but whatever. Yeah, when they beat us in the prediction game, then they can tell you what to do. But until that point in time, they need to know their roles shut and their mouths. shut their mouths. Thank you all again for listening. We will talk to you here soon.